It's Friday, November 15th. Welcome. I'm David Ruddick. And the reason why I pulled my shirt sleeves all the way back to my broad and muscly shoulders is because of our special guest, a recovering theater and industrial film actor, then tech writer, podcaster, and video producer for Pocket Now. Today, he is the Mr. Mobile, weighing in at over 9,000 pounds. It's Michael Fisher. Jules writes the best intros. I have two, at least two factual assertions to make that fly in the face of those descriptions, but that's fine. Welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, we are talking about one thing and one thing only. Well, I suppose it could be construed as two things, depending on how you consider a foldable phone, but uh, we will get into that. We are talking all about Google's brand new Pixel Fold. Joining us, as always, Will Saddleberg and R. Wagner. How are you? I'm very tired. I, I did not sleep last night at all. I was telling Ara. Me too. I, I woke up like three hours earlier than I usually do. So. Oh, I woke up in the middle of the night and could not fall back yeah. asleep, which is my the lot that I that I have to deal with. Uh, well, I, I slept the proper number of hours. I just didn't get. The quality I, of sleep was. No, the quality. I, I mean, I slept. Okay. I slept decently. I just I just need to lie down for a little bit and let my. uh. Let my tummy figure out what the hell it wants to mm. do to me because mm-hmm. it's going to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that Florida heat always gets you. It's like a little like a python, as opposed yeah. to the uh, Canadian smoke. Speaking of pythons, the one and only Michael Fisher, Mister Mobile, how are you? Uh, no, my new Welcome handle is uh, my new handle is Canadian smoke. But thank you. <laughs> yes, I appreciate. It. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's it's coming back. It's coming back. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, I'm sorry to hear it. It's unfortunate. It's, uh, I think it's hitting Chicago worse than New York City today. Ugh, geez, yeah, I'm seeing that. It was spooky the last time it happened, so I'm not looking forward to yeah. it again. But I'm inside filming phones all the time, so it doesn't matter. I did, it, it, right? Uh, yeah, I can't leave. Well, I'm so happy to have you. We uh, happy to be we here. got you weeks ago to try to corner you. We know that you're in high demand with your foldables Oof. takes. Boy, hot foldable um, summer. Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> Allison Johnson gets the credit on that one. I think. That's right. So you recently reviewed the Razor Plus. You are in the process of publishing, and you may, by the time you listen to this, folks, Michael's video may have been released. God willing, uh, yeah. God, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk all about the Google Pixel Fold. Uh, last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the Razor Plus and the Pixel Tablet, two products on the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of initial you know, impressions from reviewers. Mm-hmm. Michael, you really like the Razer Plus. Yes, that's so correct. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting hearing your take comparing it to the Pixel Fold. So we'll, we'll jump right in. Will, you've yeah. published your review. You gave it a six and a half out of 10. Yeah. You said that it is an $1,800 rough draft, yes. which is quite the... Condemnation. It is. I don't think it's a condemnation. I would say that it is in line with what I've heard from other people. It does a lot of things right, but it is rough around the edges in a way that a lot of first-generation Google hardware is. Mm-hmm. But you can't really afford that with an $1,800 product. Exactly. I, I was thinking about this um, this morning while I was taking a shower of like, this is like a really good like Z Fold 2 competitor. I don't know if it's a particularly good Z Fold 4 or Z Fold 5 competitor. Like, I don't... If this was 2020, like, I think we'd all be really impressed, but I don't know if I'm as impressed a month out from, from Samsung's, uh, fifth gen, like large screen foldable. Yeah. 
So we'll get back to that. Will, you've put your thoughts out in the world. Yes. All switching 6, over to you, Michael. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this product? Because I think while you've been able to talk about it, your definitive take is not yet available. So yeah, what is it? I think it's a very difficult product to categorize. I, I think often as reviewers, we will use that frame of here's the price tag. Now, is it worth it? And I think with a Google first generation product in particular, you know, I, I think that's really hard to do because I don't, I have heard that Google has set targets for this. I have heard that uh, for years that Google is more interested in making money these days than it has been historically. I still do not get the feel from this device after using it for a week plus that it is meant to sell. I I, I see it more as this um, cudgel isn't the right word, but I see it as this kind of physical manifestation of of Google's commitment to the foldable category. And it's very like 2012 era uh, style commitment to, hey, developers, we're going to need you to make apps for foldables. And we just yeah. built this device and we made it the hard way. We didn't do a portrait foldable. We did a landscape foldable. And like, it just seems more of an incentive. It seems more of a proof of concept than anything that... that I, people need to make a decision whether to spend money on. I feel like anybody who would consider this is going to buy it if they have the money. And if not, they already have a fold four, you know? So you're saying it's a, it's a Nexus fold is, is right. Better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you, th that's all I should have said. <laughs> well, I, I'm mad that I didn't, that's not my headline on the review right now. So like, it, it I, may I'm be right my headline. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like the quality here might be a little bit lower than the Nexus line, honestly. Well, okay. So, so let me get into what I like, I guess. And, and, and Michael, yeah. you can, you can chime in as, as you want from the outside when it's not folded open. Like I'm, I feel like fairly positive about it. I feel like this is a, a take I've seen a lot, even from people who were as mixed to negative as I was of like, that outer screen is like really nice. Like it is certainly easier to use closed than the Z Fold 4. I really like the matte gloss on the back that, or the glass, excuse me, on the back. That is a thing that I've been begging Google to put on, like to, you know, like the Pixel 6 and Pixel 7 series. Like I don't like how that glass feels. And I would love if this was on the Pixel 8. I don't yes. think it will be, but uh, it would be great if it was. It is very high quality when closed. I mean, it, it feels yeah. every, like every dollar of $1,800 when it's closed. I mean, it's, it it's does. amazing. It does. And the heft really, it is, it is heavy. And like, yes. I know the Verge's review brought this up as well, but like you do feel it, especially when it's closed. Like you feel it in your hand when you're holding it with one hand of like, oh, this takes like effort to hold up in a way that like a lot of phones don't, like even heavier phones. It's 280 grams. Roughly. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it tips it's the scales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that heft really does make this thing feel like probably when closed, it's like the nicest piece of hardware Google has made, in, uh, in my opinion, at least as far as smartphones go. Like it, it feels on par with your iPhones or your, your you know, Galaxy S23 Ultras. Like it's, it's nice. I would agree with that 100%. My my issue is when you open it, I think it like dramatically looks cheaper. Like, and it's not a bezels thing. I know like people are like really hung up on the bezels. I think they're fine. I kind of wish they were uniform. Like, if I have a critique mm -hmm. about them, I almost wish the side bezels were just were thicker. Like, like just make it look so that it's even on all sides. Especially because like if the defense of the bezels is, well, you have a place to rest your thumbs. I agree with that. But you could give my thumbs more space if yeah. you made the bezels thicker. Like I, I think know. I don't think that's a bad point to make. I think that the, there's a case to be made for bezels as a practical consideration. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, I justify it. 
several ways. When you open it up, you're right, it looks cheaper. You're right, it's mostly because of those bezels. A, you only really notice that in context. You put a Galaxy Fold 4 alongside this thing open, and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> just thing looks like a child's toy. But when you're using it for you know things, it's kind of like the crease. It kind of disappears. And if I'm going to have to have these bezels, if, if the choice was to have these weird asymmetrical bezels or to have a more conventional hinge, you know, I'll take the bezels. I think they're ugly, but I, this hinge is so lovely. And it offers so many additional benefits I that I think the compromise the for the most is part, worth I, I wish it just unfolded flat, like on first try. I, I, and like it the does. razor you does just this gotta too. just got to man up and do it. Will just, okay, just but squeeze like, that like, like the razor, the razor does it too. But I would say the razor's default degree is not as, as uh, noticeable as the, the pixel fold. And then I would also say that it takes a lot less effort to make the razor 180 than it does the fold i i don't like how much effort i have to put on the fold to do it which is not not to say i'm like i need to hit the gym more like that's not but it's more of a you don't want to break the screen yeah it doesn't feel comfortable doing it and i would it also doesn't particularly like to retain it where like the razor kind of once you have it at 180 it's there until you close no this should not be a problem on either of these very expensive devices and google's position on that to me at at google io was look we had to make the hinge very rigid so it would retain position at any angle and the trade-off was that yeah when you open it it doesn't immediately want to go flat so you gotta you gotta force it but the product manager himself was like you have to force it and i was like well if you if you do it then i guess i can do it which is fine. I just wish they weren't pushing so hard that it folds flat. <laughs> like in all of their marketing, they're like, and it's like folds to a perfect 180. And I'm like, well, like, I guess like technically, but also like, like <laughs> the camera bump does not, or I, I think I called it an island in my, in my review, but like also doesn't help things where it like, it makes it look even more elevated than it already is. Like it, especially if you lay yeah. it flat, like it's, I'm glad yeah. it's there. It, it's just like, if I'm, if I'm critiquing stuff, like these are things I've noticed, right? Sure. But I mean, my biggest issue is that I just like, I can tell that it's it, 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 um, and, and credit to, to Ben at nine to five for, I think kind of realizing this first, but like I, this display clearly has like less layers to it than like the Z fold four or probably the Z fold five. If I had to guess, like it just doesn't feel as nice to use. It's more reflective, which these phones are already reflective. These foldables are already pretty reflective. It just kind of makes it like not particularly I don't really look forward to opening it, which is like a fundamental problem of any foldable, I would say, which is, I I guess, my broader point, which is like, okay, so like the the screen on the outside is nicer. So I ended up using that screen a lot more. It's much more comfortable to type on than than having the fold open the benefits to the outer screen. You can you can kind of run down. But then it's like, why am I spending eighteen hundred dollars on the foldable just just so I can have it, you know, the 20 percent of the time I end up using it. And I think that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like. You probably shouldn't spend eighteen hundred dollars on a phone you're only using the big benefit for like twenty percent of the time. Which I know, I'm sure, Michael, you have, are probably using it or finding yourself using it much more than I am. But then that brings us to the software, which we'll get to in a minute, which I find yeah. also very limited. So, so like use case wise, I think you have a, a good point there. I said something similar in my video review where I, you know, I find the Fold Four. Um, I am much more tolerant of the Galaxy Fold Fours. Uh, tall cover display than most people are. But I find that what that does is has the effect of causing me to use the phone one-handed only when I 
I have to when I'm doing something else. And anytime I have two hands free, I generally open the Galaxy Fold 4. Whereas the Pixel Fold, it inverts that completely. I use it closed more often than not. And when I want more space, that's when I open it up. I'm not sure it's 80-20. I, I do open it. I might more be extreme on that, that but probably, yeah. Yeah, that's more like 60-40 for me. But um, I think the question of whether that's worth almost $2,000 can be applied to a lot of foldables. And it's a broader question. I think the Pixel Fold... It, the main way it stumbles there for me is that reflectivity you talked about. It's more difficult to use outside. It certainly doesn't feel as good under the finger, that TPU, whatever they put on yeah. top. And you've got that little tiny little gap between the screen protector and the rail. And uh, I've, yeah, we'll talk about the, the R's thing, I suppose, but uh, well, sure. Well, let's, I mean, we can do it now. I, I, let me talk dust first. Cause I will say like when we did our hands on with the razor in New York about a month ago, mm-hmm. the unit that I had had like, picked up quite a bit of dust between like in that same gap on, on the razor. And I was Mm. like very concerned about this. My unit has not really struggled with that. Anytime there is dust in there, it's fairly easy to to brush away and and on the fold for whatever reason, like it seems to both attract more dust. And then it, I find it harder to, to brush away even with like a microfiber cloth. It like really does not want to get out of there. Yeah. And there's the R's thing, which is that like, it seems like those tiny grains of dust might also just completely destroy your screen uh, in your pocket uh, over a few days. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know how widespread that will be when this device gets into to people's hands on a, a more. But it's, yeah. it's not a good look. And like it, it's a very 2019 Samsung look, basically, of I mean, like harken your mind back to the early days yeah. of the original fold. Exactly. Right? Like, the days after the initial review embargo lifts, this happens to one person and then another and mm-hmm. then another. And Samsung clearly acted responsibly, pulled the product from the market, reevaluated it, added that third layer, made it impossible to remove, release it a few months later, and then released a pretty successful follow-up that Michael had, you know, yeah. you you of all people have put it you, you put your foldables through the ringer. And Absolutely. I think today nobody really thinks that the internal screen of a Z Fold 4 is in any way more vulnerable than, unless you abuse it, it is not a particularly vulnerable piece of hardware, right? Like, Ideally. you're not keeping that thing open yeah. all the time. I think the benefits of being able to close your phone allay the concerns that there is a soft piece of glass that is breakable underneath that malleable piece of plastic right like right. there's the the inevitable the, the inherent compromise that is not going away anytime soon unless material advances are what they are you know i don't see that changing right utg is just here to stay samsung learned very quickly it's now iterated on this five times google has no excuse yeah i mean that's straight up my thought on this google has had samsung xiaomi Vivo, Oppo, Oppo, all of these competitors to yeah. glean from, Motorola to yeah. learn from, yeah. different kinds of hinges, different kind of arrays, right? Like all of this stuff. And I think it does not seem like this is endemic. Ron probably just got a bad unit or he got unlucky. But the fact that they did not consider this, that there is that gap where the OLED is exposed even in for a couple of millimeters, that's a design problem that will probably cause this to have more failures than it needs to for Google's reputation. And I, I, I worry about that over the coming months. And, and 
Thankfully, Google support is famously uh, really easy to deal with. If you go on r slash Google Pixel, you'll find oh nothing but happy people who well, got their phones back quickly and like you're definitely... Just, you're just ripping like whole graphs from my review script. And that's so something that you absolutely need when you're dealing with a device that has your entire goddamn life on it. I mean, the uh, benefit is that if you go to our Google Pixel right now, it's all photos of Sergey Brin or something because they're protesting Reddit. Oh, but right. previously, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, not not the best source of uh, positive Google hardware news. Yeah, and um, you know, Sam, you you are correct. I think Google definitely does not have the luxury of shipping something with a major defect, if this turns out to be a major defect. But I will say, it's nice to have different approaches um, on the U.S. market. Certainly the China market and some parts of Europe, we've seen other implementations of foldables. But now we've got in the US, we have effectively three different approaches to folding a screen. And Samsung's approach for, yeah, for all its kind of reliability uh, from one respect has been really quite troubling from another. I mean, those displays on the Galaxy 2, uh, Fold 2 and Flip 2 and, and forward, they will spontaneously just fail. And I think there's a, once again, credit to Reddit for that. You hang out on any subreddit long enough, you learn what actual users are experiencing. And those spontaneous failures tend to, in my experience, tend to really happen a lot more on displays on Samsung devices where they, they really do that tight radius crease. And they've really got that you know big trench there. And I think there's probably some equivalency there. So I think Google is probably avoiding that hazard, much like Motorola has and Oppo and Vivo, et cetera. But it's a big choose your pain kind of moment. What compromises do you want to make in order to make this thing that is still five years in very difficult to produce? I think the question that I have potentially, like the closing question before we move on to software is, should there be compromises at all with a foldable in 2023? Are we at the point now where, aside from the, as I said, the inherent material compromises, have they not gotten to the point where Samsung, Huawei, even with the Mate X3 recently, Xiaomi, they've proven that they can overcome many of these engineering challenges. And it feels somewhat like, even though we heard Google scrapped an earlier design of the Pixel Fold in favor of what they're using now, could this not have used a little bit more time in the oven? Google may have gotten to the point where it just, settled on a design with some engineering that may have maxed out in 2021 they decide okay this is we're not iterating on this anymore let's move forward on this and that those inherent design flaws are just endemic to this first generation product they will inevitably get fixed but are we okay with a product being released in 2023 with those inherent compromises I think in general, just to address the meat of your question, I think we are still, foldables are still so difficult to make that you have to have some compromise somewhere in the design. I think the important question is, can you remedy that by having a really solid, reliable service and repair option? And as we've joked about a second ago, like Google definitely does not have that or has not had that up to this point. I think Samsung probably gets the closest with its network of you know agreements with you break, I fix, and it's very limited uh, first party stores for repair. but. Uh, that's going to be the next frontier of this thing. Because I, I don't think material science is going to advance fast enough for us to get foldables that aren't going to 
have some kind of durability or resilience compromise. And to your point about Google trying to get this maybe out the door or whatever, being like, okay, well, we just need to to ship a foldable. Like, we've watched them either enter or re-enter three product spaces in the past 12 months. We've seen the tablet, we've seen the foldable, and we've seen the watch. And both this and watch kind of feel that way of like, okay, this feels behind the competition. You know, maybe the screen technology here on the fold or on the watch um certainly the processor uh felt a little bit behind the times and i wonder if it is a bit of like we just need a starting point we keep iterating on this and not shipping a thing we need to ship a thing and then we can do gen 2 and gen 2 will be better which i guess is like the pixel series or google's hardware like in a nutshell because like we keep joking about like the industry in general keeps joking about like well it's it's going to be a first gen google product and then it's a first gen which is like the funniest part of the tablet, which is they're like, for all of its shortcomings, they're like, well, it's a first gen product. It's like, it's a tablet. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't claim a first gen tablet in 2023. Like, come on. Like, like you've also shipped other tablets. Like, so I don't know. I, th- I think that might be where this is, where it's like, we, we already, we already scrapped one foldable. They admitted it to that. I mean, my intro for my review is literally framed around that. And I do think, I wonder if it is a bit of like, well, we're not going to also scrap this one and ship, you know, one with a Tensor G3 chip in 12 months. So let's just do it now and we'll 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 start working on the next one. Yeah. I mean, I understand that they needed to get something out the door, but if it was going to be something with this many compromises to the actual like folding tablet, the part of the phone that you're paying more than $1000 in order to have. I really wish this had been something that instead of like offering it through carriers and having it in multiple countries, I wish this was something that they could have just like, oh, if you're a Pixel Super fan user, you can spend X amount of money and you can be part of the pilot program for the Pixel Fold. And they just get that first generation. They can they will nitpick it to death and they will tell Google because they love Google. And then we would get a more cohesive product for Gen 2. I I think this is going to segue really well into software. And I will say that like, as much as I am complaining about the inner screen, it is mostly nitpicks. Like my real issue with the fold is software. So we'll get there in a second. But I do think to a certain point, like they've basically limited the release of the pixel fold as much as they could while also having it there to drive app development for foldables and large screen devices, I think is what they're trying to do. So they're like, okay, four countries, US, Germany, Japan, and the UK. Sorry, Daniel, uh, you don't get one. And they actually said that. They said that to me in the press release. They said, Daniel Bader does not get one, which I thought was weird. I don't <laughs> know why they... have been taunting me on a daily basis, <laughs> by the way. Every night, every 9 a.m., I get an email from Google PR being like, asshole. You know, <laughs> it's just the, the Canadian flag today. with a line through it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they've limited that. And then like, it's still not available through Best Buy or Amazon. Like, it's like a bunch of orders got pushed back or like, if a few got canceled, I think, right? And so it seems like this is like a fairly limited device, but it it needs to be available outside super fans because because developers need to be able to buy one if if that's their ultimate goal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then let's move to software because I think we've established that hardware, as compromised as it is, is I would say a fairly positive narrative, right? Google did most of it right but for a few things. Software-wise, does this have the pixel advantage that is afforded the cheaper candy bar flagships, right? I mean, one would expect that 
you buy a Pixel Fold, you get the same software benefits, the recorder, call screen, mm-hmm. you know, the photo unblur, yeah. right? Photo unblur, all the things that Google announces every IO and then rolls them out to pixels first, you get that here. You get the integrated tensor with software experience, you get fast local assistant, you get all those things, which will eventually come to all your Samsung foldables and whatnot, most of those things, but pixels get it first. Why does that not feel like an advantage here? Because you already have that on so many other phones that are less expensive. And we've been starting to see more like Pixel exclusive features go to like Google One and whatnot. Those features themselves are starting to feel like less of an advantage just because we've had enough of them so long that it's like, okay, we have an ecosystem of things that can do this. We don't necessarily need to spend this much money in order to get it. So it's, I just feel like they don't have as much value simply because the price is so high here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like for me, I do like it because we, uh, every year I would use a Pixel and I would enjoy those features, many of which are still exclusive to the Pixel and all the call screening stuff, you know, whatever. Now playing, I'm just such a sucker for it. And then I would stop reviewing the Pixel and I would immediately move out of it because I'm, you know, give me a foldable. Like they are better for me. And I would miss all of that stuff. And I would especially miss the camera, which we will talk about as well. So to me, having these features finally on a foldable I mean, there is, that is a substantial value add from my perspective. It is. And maybe to a certain extent in my review, uh, <laughs> in the software section focused primarily, which I think was the longest section of the review, um, focused primarily on using it as a foldable. And so I basically put a paragraph at the end that was like, the rest of the experience is very good, but it's very similar to the Pixel 7 Pro. So go yeah. read my review on that, I guess. Well, that's true. Because it's like, and maybe I'm taking it for granted, but like, that stuff is all still good and it's all available. It, it feels exactly like any other pixel on the front screen. Like it really does. But like, I need to also just be like the reason you were spending literally double what a pixel seven pro costs. If it's not on sale to buy this foldable is because it folds and has a big tablet size screen inside. So let's talk about how Android and how Google has customized Android to work here. And I think the issue is that like, I mostly find it not very good. I think <laughs> Like to put it bluntly. So this is, I knew this was going to be our, our chief bone yeah. of contention, right? <laughs> uh, you're talking about the fact that apps are not uh, optimized for large screens on Android devices. Is that the principal so, thing? So I had this thought, I was on a walk uh, a week ago, literally a week ago, it was last Wednesday. And I'd had the phone for two days. I was gearing up to start writing my review, which I wrote all weekend. And I was like, okay, well, let me think about like, what is this supposed to be? So it's supposed to be, it's either on the inside, it's either a big ish or like it's a small tablet, I guess, but like it's a, it's a huge phone or a small tablet or whatever. It's an iPad mini or it's two phones side by side. And, and that's really what they want me to use this as. And, and I find using it as a small tablet kind of terrible. And I find using it as two phones side by side, almost good and then like they completely fumble it at at the you know 10 yard line because uh it's it if you if you close it and i know this this sounds like such a nitpick but like i I think daniel brought up earlier that like part of the benefit of like these fragile screens is you can close it and it's protected now but like if you close the pixel fold with two apps open even if you don't interact with the front screen it closes the app you weren't using last so like i can't even keep for example like slack and our um 
like task manager through Android Police Airtable. I can't keep Airtable up like next to if I close it, it just has it whichever group. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, which is like, and well, I asked dumb. Google. They should, yeah, they should, it works they on the Z Fold Four. I I was like, am I just like, did I not use the Z? Because I didn't review the Z Fold Four. That was our former colleague Ryan reviewed it, but he sent me his unit, and so I was like, okay, well maybe I just didn't try this and so i made sure like the z fold 4 if you close it <laughs> reopen it it keeps the two apps right. active like i was like okay i reached out to google i was like is this what it's supposed to be and they were like yep and i'm like does android 14's like upcoming grouped apps thing have any will that change anything and they didn't get back to me so like as yeah. far as i know like this is the experience it is and i think that's kind of like i want to be able to like i can think of a bunch of use cases where like i'm not just going to leave the fold open all the time with two apps open, like I'm going to want to close it, put it in my pocket and pull it out five minutes later. Like, I don't know. No, they should allow that. That's, You're right. I mean, it, it's yeah. a nitpick. It's an edge case to end all edge cases, but it's, it, it <laughs> I is, don't think it's it, that. <laughs> no, if you build a device that is this good at side by side, multi-window and it mm-hmm. is, then yes, yeah. no, you should allow that particularly if Samsung's already, I agree. Um, and I agree with you too, that the, it's easier and roomier to, to, to multi-window on this thing. It reminds yeah. me, so much of the Surface Duo in that respect. It is more of a Surface Duo than a, than a Z Fold 4 clone. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of crazy. No question about that. So like, I, I was grateful for that. I certainly used it for a few things. But again, we, we talked earlier about how Google intentionally chose the wrong, or not the wrong, the, the more difficult path here. It could have made a Z Fold 4 that opens up into portrait, but it, it made a device that opens up in landscape. I got to believe the multi-window was a big part of that. And also maybe to jumpstart this app optimization problem. I am very curious how you feel about the fact that apps open in this column, this pillar box to column instead of like the Oppo way, which is if you had an Oppo Find N, an app that wanted to be full screen would like immediately kick up to 90 degrees off. So like you'd open the app and it would be sideways. You'd be like, oh, okay, well, I will turn the phone then. And it felt very... um I don't know, forceful. <laughs> so I, I don't know which one I prefer. I think there's like no winning here, but I think like Google's way of doing it is like still my least favorite where I would rather it just tell me like, <laughs> we're not even going to have you run Instagram. Instagram is the worst offender. There's a couple others like it, but like most of them take up like two thirds, like Twitter takes up two thirds of the screen. Instagram and a couple other apps like it take up literally half of it. So you have like these huge black bars on either side of the screen and we've already mentioned how reflective it is so i'm just constantly looking at myself which is like a huge con for me personally like i don't want to see myself while i'm using my phone because it's usually in bed and it's at a weird angle and i don't like it but um is yeah, it really I, I don't, that reflective that you can see yourself indoors looking at myself yeah. right now in yeah the it's reflection very reflective the box. yeah that is not good no, no it's like a mirror that's, that's not great yeah i do want to play devil's advocate for a second because you, know, you bring up the Surface Duo. I would love a Surface Duo that actually worked. You know, I think everybody who reviewed the Surface Duo and the Surface Duo 2 would want a piece of hardware that treats the two sides of the displays as distinct when you want them to be distinct and then a single screen when you don't. And I think it always made sense that Google would honor the idea that if a developer has optimized its app to be tablet or foldable specific, it will work that way. And when there is no code specifically taking advantage of that extra real estate, it will default to the phone app because at least it's predictable. It is that. 
I'm, and to, to an extent. that is what I actually think is a better experience for most Pixel users, people that just want to take for granted that the Android app that they're opening is going to work as they expect it to, rather than the Samsung approach or the Oppo approach, which is to hack by default, right? To stretch or to give you some potentially undesirable extra controls or sure. something, right? I, I will say Instagram does not look particularly better on a C Fold 4. Like, I know that's my example here. They do just fill it with a bunch of white space on on. Uh, yeah on yeah it's it's still exactly not yeah. everyone can agree instagram gets it wrong no matter what device it, it, yeah. yes if, yep. if it is bigger than a than a normal phone screen it's like it, this, this is terrible. terrible why is there no ipad app <laughs> yeah like, and, but you know i think like this inconsistency is again if my thesis is correct then all yeah. of these things we're complaining about are why the device exists because right. finally we can and if we can back this up as google with developer pressure, incentive, whatever you want to do, we can fix the fact that even when you rotate at 90 degrees, some apps will fill the whole screen and some apps will stay in another column, just pillar boxed differently. It's maddeningly inconsistent. Daniel Bader, I take your point that maybe a Pixel fan would appreciate not having this hack by default thing. I think personally, I prefer the way Samsung does it. I like a little bit more consistency, but I have to say, Something I've said to myself in my living room for uh, the th three years or whatever that you guys have been doing this show and talking about foldables, which is I still think that even in light of all this inconsistency, a large format foldable makes an awful lot of sense. Because for me, you only need to optimize four or five apps that are already optimized to make these things worth it. YouTube, Netflix, any video app, give me that much acreage to watch videos on. Chrome, so I can see desktop versions of websites and just fill out on all that space. Like even Amazon Kindle. God, this is the best ebook. Evernote. There are enough use cases already that I just feel like, sure, is it a pain that Twitter does that or that, that Instagram does that? Cool. I'll open it outside. That sucks. It sounds apologetic. It sounds like dumb. You shouldn't have to do it for $2,000. Okay. But for almost $2,000, I would much rather have all that added space when I want it on the four or five apps that I really do spend most of my time in them. So I still think it's worth, it, it deserves to exist. There are a couple things that come to mind here. One is Google has been spending the last two years optimizing Android. The Android team has focused on foldables since Android 12L. So we've had 12L, 13, and upcoming 14, right? That's three distinct releases. Now, one would argue that with three distinct releases and two Z Fold devices that are sold in much higher numbers, developers would have taken that time to optimize their apps for foldables, while acknowledging that that's a portrait foldable with a different aspect ratio, but you still default to the tablet version of an app most of the time on a fold, right? Uh, if it's available, or at least like it takes advantage of the larger screen real estate. On a Pixel Fold? On a Z Fold. Yeah. Is that correct? I mean, I, 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 I don't have it in front of me, but like most of the time, if there is a larger version of an app, it will scale appropriately. Most of the time. I mean, that's, that that's true here too. Ratio. Like, 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 I, right. Yeah. What I'm saying is the argument for this, you're saying Google's releasing this as a nexus ostensibly, right? It's giving you, it's giving developers a blank slate. It's giving them the design and the 
SDKs and the APIs to build better foldable apps. But that's technically only true if other companies follow suit on this shape of a large screen foldable, right? And mm -hmm. from what we can tell, Samsung is not moving in that direction. And Samsung is always going to sell more foldables than any other company combined. Sure. Well, but, but it doesn't mean that like the app won't run the same way. I mean, it, you literally just have to rotate the device because they're yeah. the same exact size panel. Sure. But why, if they weren't optimizing it for Samsung foldables, why would they do it now? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it'll work. Oh, right. I was going to say, like, to the idea, like, I agree, and, and I've said it during this episode, that, like, it is at least a little bit of a developer play. I also think it's, like, completely Lucy in a football. Like, I, I do not, like, <laughs> we have watched yeah. a, okay. a decade. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that point here, because I felt <laughs> no, like you no, were no. saying I don't the think thing it's that gonna Google's work. tried to do over and over again for yeah. a decade now is to get developers to care about a particular screen shape. Right. They are trying to do it again and it's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. No, do, you, no. do you remember how hot tablets were in 2012? I was hired and my first tech blogging job just to talk about tablets because they were mm -hmm. coming out every day. There were new tablet announcements. And if Google couldn't do that through two Nexus 7s and a Nexus 10 and all of its other things, if it couldn't get developers to care then... God, I love foldables, but they're not moving enough numbers to make it happen now. So do you see yourself using this for your daily? Like, do you see once, like in a, in a perfect world where you have the option of a Z Fold 5, which we've seen the leaks, it looks basically like a Z Fold 4. We'll see a better camera, but same shape, whatever. Do you see yourself preferring the ability to have two vertical apps fully side by side on a fold? versus having the kind of more power user features of a Z Fold uh, with a different aspect ratio? I would like to, I, I will answer your question. I would like to hear uh, others answer too, but I, I would pick the Pixel Fold, but that's because I'm a weirdo. And it's not because of the side-by-side <laughs> -side app thing. It's because, look, it's been four generations. I've carried the Galaxy Fold since January, 2020. And you know, it's Samsung, I, I, I'm very frustrated that Samsung is, does not appear to be iterating at all. They're being as conservative as they possibly can be. And if we are to believe the leaks, I mean, yeah, the camera may be better in one respect, but if they're keeping the telephoto the same or even downgrading it, that's the other thing I love about the Pixel Fold. It has the best camera you can buy on a foldable, I think. I'm not counting the Huawei thing. We just stop. Um, we can't so count like, it if it can't run properly in where yeah, we are. Right, exactly. So... I mean, the Pixel Fold has been wonderful to me from a camera perspective, and the camera is very important to me. And also, it is different, and it has those Pixel features. Uh, yeah, I, I think I will carry the Pixel Fold going forward, but I'd love to hear other answers on that question, too. I have no idea. I'm really curious how Android 14 will run on this, and, and if, if its own improvements that it's making to, to certain multitasking elements, like... Mm, like squashes some of my complaints about that because like genuinely like I when I was like oh well like okay like like apps like single apps on the screen don't look particularly good but I I really did think of like there's a lot of reasons I would want to have two apps open at once even if it's just to like keep one app pinned like I could see it like just oh I'll just leave messages there and then I'll have Twitter or whatever like up or because I can't I cannot stop the, the, the addiction is strong <laughs> um, but, but I, I, I don't know, like I, 
I find just enough of it like frustrating. Like I didn't even know this until I read Chris's review at XDA that like you can't because I, I guess I didn't try it was is that you can't uh, play the YouTube picture in picture with two apps up the video stops and you just get audio on the pixel fold, which is like insane. Like, I don't understand why it's so limited. I find the multi window stuff on the Z fold Four like not particularly useful for my needs. Like I find it too finicky to like really ever adapt my life to it. So two apps is fine, but like the inability to like watch a video while you have two apps up is wait, I'm doing that right now. Will. And it with video because Chris said he yeah. couldn't do it. Oh, well, yeah, all right. I well, started a video Chris. and then I went. To <laughs> yeah, I did select an app pair first. Then I went to YouTube. And Maybe you have to do it. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, oh, I'll wait, talk. Are I'll you text doing this Chris. on the Pixel Fold or the Z Fold Four? Pixel Fold. Okay. Well, now I have to do it. I just. We'll we'll have to we'll have to drag Chris on here and have him answer for his crimes. <laughs> That's um, right, but. Okay, let's talk about the camera for the last few minutes. Sure. You said it's the best camera on a foldable. Uh, yeah. It's what I've heard is that it's closer to the seven A than the seven series in terms of overall fidelity. Would you agree with that? Uh, you know, I didn't make much use of the seven A, and I didn't pay much attention to it, so I don't know. I know the the main shooter hardware is identical to the seven A's primary camera. I think. But you're happy with the performance. I am, and I, I spent a lot of time comparing it to the Galaxy Fold Four because I think that's the most relevant competition. And what I found was that while it was not always a slam dunk in the Pixel's favor, sometimes Samsung would produce the shot that I preferred. When you started zooming, the telephoto performance is is just night and day. The 5X optics versus 3X, obviously, that's kind of predictable. Then when you double challenge it, when you do a distance shot at night, like you don't want to do that on the Fold at all, the Galaxy Fold. You really don't mind it one bit on the pixel fold. So in those tricky situations, you know, I was at a submarine museum. I was trying to get a photo inside a disassembled torpedo over the weekend. Cause that's the kind of thing I'm into as one does. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, you know, this Samsung's old habits just, you know, it's like, well, what if I overexpose this by 25% and inject a lot of color that isn't really there? You know, you get tired of that after four generations and the pixel, you know, it's a cliche, but it's like, Yes, it's more natural. It has higher dynamic range. And you know what? You pair that with a better zoom and better night mode, and it's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's the best camera I've used on a foldable. Yeah. For the Pixel Fold and for the Pixel 7 Pro and 7, because when I was testing out the 7, I still experienced this. Has Google ever figured out what the heck their problem is if you're shooting at night and you're trying to take pictures of things that are like purple and red and suddenly blue shows up? Because that happens to me like literally every night that I am at the Magic Kingdom. And I just want to know why. I'd have to look for it. Yeah. Because it's been at least three generations. And it's persisted through the new sensors. So I don't know what it is that's in their sauce that does this. But Samsung isn't nearly as bad about it. Samsung just overexposes everything. It overexposes and and adds color. I'm looking at two photos of a boat uh, right now that like Samsung applied so much blue that I'm not exaggerating. It looks like there's a blue gel over the photo. <laughs> when the day was just gray, it's very neutral. Yeah. The Pixel does that yeah. perfectly. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I actually found this more, the, the Pixel Fold camera is like a little more neutral than like the 7 Pro. But I also, I have not, uh, <laughs> I was writing all weekend. I, have, I don't have an, we're, I'm going to do more more photo tests and, and more video tests because like I was literally just like writing and putting the review together all weekend. 
for the Monday embargo. And it turns out you can't leave the house if you're doing that. So no. And if you do, if you do leave the house for photo and video samples for a day and a half, then you're late like me. Hey, let's all get together. And the next time a Monday embargo rolls around, let's boycott that. (laughs) I'm with you. This sucked, man. Holy shit. Not to like complain because I know like I'm, I feel very lucky in what my job is, but Jesus Christ. Well, see, this is when you demand too, so that way somebody can go out and do all the camera and video stuff and somebody can do all of the actual like reviewing of the phone. Real quick, first of all, yeah, Chris was just wrong. I, I also was able to pull a YouTube picture in picture. <laughs> so I'll text him so he can correct his review That's at XDA. Um, secondly, I really want to just like real quick to touch on performance as well. <laughs> what is your current take on the, the Tensor G2 uh, SOC? Get, get in the C. I cannot stand it. Um, yeah, very frustrating. I've, runs yeah. hot. I tell you, it runs was, really hot. Yeah, I, I, it runs so hot that I was watching a YouTube stream for 20 minutes and I remembered I hadn't backed up my Google Photos and I went into Google Photos and before I could even start the backup, an error message in Google Photos said, device is too hot, cannot back up. Incredible. <sighs> this is so funny. Monday evening after the phone came, 10 days ago, nine days ago, I was laying in the hammock in the backyard and it was sunny and, and it was a nice, <laughs> lovely day and... I was in there for 15 minutes, maybe, and the phone got so hot that the the inside screen would not run at uh, 120 hertz. It would it said it was at 60, but it felt more like 30. It was really sluggish. It was like that for an hour after I came back inside, even after the phone started to cool down. And this is funny because like a week later, the Pixel 7a like it was like a huge news cycle of like people on Reddit being like, yeah, the Pixel 7a like can't like when it gets hot, it can't run at 90 hertz or whatever. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. this is what just happened to me on the new phone. Like this is mm-hmm. clearly like a tensor. Like th- this is part of the problem of like reviewing these phones, you know, reviewing Google's new chipset in in October and not in the south or whatever, like in a hot climate where it's like, oh, right. yeah. I'm in Buffalo. It's 50 degrees while I'm reviewing the Pixel 7 Pro. It is much easier to maintain. And like, it, I still thought that phone ran hot at the time, but like, I'm doing this in late June now. It's like, it's so obvious how poor the thermals are on this thing. It's it's bad. I was hoping that I would get a review unit for the fold, and that has not happened yet, and probably won't happen at this point. But yeah, even just when I'm testing, like when I go back to the seven or the six A, you definitely feel the thermal difference just walking around outside, like even on a regular morning. And that's not talking about like, oh, it's a 115 degree heat index outside and it's not even 10 a.m. I've had this thing get warm from texting indoors. <laughs> like it, it's, I, it has, it has knock on effects too, because then the yeah. battery life isn't as good as it could yeah. be. Yeah. It's not great. It's not terrible. Um, and it, it, all this other, these weird like Android intelligence keeps crashing and then the camera does crashes sometimes. And it's like, man, just, just, and then I caught myself because I was about to say, just use a Snapdragon like every other sensible person. But then I was forced to remember that the Galaxy Fold 4 battery life is also terrible. So yeah. big screens equals big milliamp hour draw. You know, I'm so curious how the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, which is a chip that I've been pretty impressed with this year, will work on the Z Fold 5. But at the same time, like the 8 plus Gen 1 was also fairly battery efficient on like non-foldables. So like it might just be part of having a foldable is that your battery life is never going to be much more than fine because you're powering two big screens. I don't know. Yeah. Unless you get a vivo, they last forever. True. So uh, that's the fold in the interest (laughs) of just tying this up with a nice bow. Michael, if I can 
go back to the beginning. We started with Will's rating. I know you don't rate products, but if you would, would just humor us and potentially throw out a number <laughs> for your for your loyal listeners to to, yeah. to to chew on. What would you give this out of a a rating of ten bananas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, God. So I'm not allowed to, like, I won't even go near seven because that's just like not having an opinion. It's basically the same thing. So it's got to be about a six and a half. Ah, see, I nailed it. I knew I nailed it. Yeah. Is that what you got? Is that what you <laughs> yeah, did? That's well, what yeah, that's what I did. That's it. Yeah. All right. Time yeah, I mean, is a flat that's circle. What it is. It's all, it's, it, yeah. it, it, it's all happening. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next time. Exactly. <laughs> I think that is, yeah. and, and yet, and yet I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I, funnily same. enough, this conversation convince me to buy one for some weird reason oh <laughs> i'm gonna do it i've decided that i want oh, the yes. two apps side by side and i'm gonna regret it and that's fine that's just the but way it's gonna it make for really good podcast content will. and i'm excited about well, that so am i once that happens we'll invite you back michael but i just want to say thank you so much this has been such a pleasure yeah. uh oh, we no. we love love mine. your your insights and uh we'll have you back again when can we invite you back in a month when the Z Fold 5 comes out? I would really love that. And y'all, y'all cast Wonderful Pod, and I am oh, honored to, to be able to join you. So thank you for having me. And I would love to come back in a month. Amazing. Yes, All please. right. Well, thank you again, Will, Ara. Thank you as always. Thank you for listening. We love hearing from you. If you want to send feedback, we get all of your email at podcastandroidpolice.com. We'll be back next week with another non-foldable episode. We've been talking about foldables for a very long time now. Oh, we'll actually have I'm some news for in. you because I'm sure between last week and next week, there will be at least something non-hardware related to talk about. So, Are you uh, sure it'll be a holiday week? Or not. We'll just talk about our favorite movies. We'll, go, <laughs> we'll, we'll comb through Will's letterbox and we'll come up with something. Oh, good. That's oh, yes. Right. You two talk about movies next week <laughs> while I am just over here freaking the hell out about Prime. <laughs> I mean, that's how we like to pod, right? We just like to feel your frenetic energy over the internet. It keeps us going. <laughs> Speaking of, can I add to that frenetic energy with one last thought? Uh, Ara, mm-hmm. you, Ara, you'll be happy to know that, that Brand is making a grip case for the Pixel Fold that includes a kickstand. Yes, I've, I've seen it. I've been using it. How is it's it? It's fun. It's big old chunky, but it's fun because it's got a kickstand. I'm a big Wait, fan what? of kickstands. Which Wait, what do you need you a kickstand for? What do you need a kickstand? What do you what mean? Do you you got to prop it, it up. It folds. Video. What do you need the kickstand for? No, no. For? You prop it up in full screen, and then you unfold your Bluetooth keyboard. You get your mouse out. Oh, okay, God. That's it. <laughs> We're done. No, no. Shows over you close. unfold Nothing it, and you here. put it on a kickstand so you're not hunched over it while you're like either typing on it or looking at it. Like I, I, I would love for that. I, lo- I would love. I would use the shit out of that kickstand because if I had a pixel <laughs> fold I would be reading on it all of the time so yes mm, kickstands are good all right TBD anyway that's it <laughs> we will be back next week with another episode until then thank you so much for listening have a great week and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye I was waiting for Ara to say it I'll say bye <laughs> <laughs> sorry I've I've just been so quiet during the pod that I'm just like do I even deserve to say that? Like, I, I want to say my bit at the end about the kickstand was the most I said the entire podcast. Mm-hmm.